It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Don't lie right here on 1049 The Horn. It is a new theme Thursday. We play uh, jams uh, that's supposed to uh, give us a clue or a hint as to what the new theme of the day is. Man, Patrick, he wanted to uh, you know dismiss with all the nonsense because we're paying tribute to a legendary guitarist, Jeff Beck, who passed away uh, suddenly yesterday. Um, so RIP to Jeff Beck. Uh, and in his uh, honor, uh, we are dedicating new theme Thursday to him. All the jams will have uh, Jeff Beck and his uh, tremendous talent on display for my man Patrick. So we appreciate Already. him, the ideal you there, getting that done. You can always be a part of the show on the Specs Hex line, 512-337-3776. I'm at Rod Davis in the Twitterverse. My man Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. My man Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. And Harge has uh, once again opened up his contact list, the extent, expansive contact yeah, yeah. list, and hooked us up with a very special guest coming up for Harge Knock Life. What you got for the people? We got our man Chill Hill, Clarence Hill, mm-hmm. uh, coming on to talk about this Dallas Cowboy team, what the expectations – because I really want to know what he's thought of the last couple of weeks in this second half of the season with Dak. Yep. You know, he's going to keep mm-hmm. it 100, as you know. And, by the way, he's a former Longhorn, too. So, give him Shout some out. love on that, too. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, no question about it. So, looking forward to that. Also, all the uh, the Cowboys news notes and nuggets that we have, we'll ask him about that. But I want to talk a little Cowboys here before we start diving into some of the other uh, wild card matchups. And, of yep. course, we'll be previewing wild card uh my matchups tomorrow as well, and we'll give you our picks for the conference championships and also for the Super Bowl. We'll do that tomorrow too. So I'll, both of you guys, I guess we all yeah. got homework. Yeah, so we make don't. sure we get that ready for tomorrow. Um, but in the meantime, Cowboys. Here's the there's bad news and good news uh, for the Cowboys. I was doing some research about this matchup, and one of the stats that's got me a little concerned uh, for the Cowboys is that in the last five weeks, essentially since they've started to uh, mount injuries in the back seven, in the secondary specifically, um, Jordan Lewis went down, talked about the Anthony Brown didn't goes down, um, and you've been looking for that someone to be able to man that other corner uh, opposite of Trevon Diggs. Um, in the last five weeks, the Cowboys have allowed 21, 20-plus yard pass plays. That's the most in the NFL yeah. in that time span. So they that that is going up against a an offense with the GOAT Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin with receivers that can go. You know they're gonna be targeting that other corner opposite Trevon Diggs. Here's the good news, but I don't know if it's something that the Cowboys will benefit from in this game. But there are reports from Jory Epstein uh that Xavier Rhodes. Yeah. Surprisingly, that you know, we brought him up earlier this week. And you said <laughs> it was kind of an under the radar signing. They didn't really, nobody really 
you know, promoted it or publicized it, right. kind of went uh, under the radar there. But there are uh, reports now that Dan Quinn is really blown away. That was the term used, blown away um, by the practices, the instincts, and competitive nature of one Xavier Rhodes. Do, do, That'd be a really good sign. That would definitely be a good sign. But is it him trying to pump it up? Could give be. us some sunshine and let Could make be. sure Tom Brady knows, hey, man, we might have something for you. His size is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I remember when he came out of Florida State, I was always like, man, Xavier Rhodes is a big old dude that's playing on the edge that can be able to do that. Well, as time went on, and we saw him when he was in um, – the last time I saw him play well, was Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, I remember that. And it's been a while since I've seen that him do anything is, else. It's been a while. And I thought, mm. um, if I'm not mistaken, mm. didn't he go to Indy at one point as I well? I think you are correct. Yeah. He, he bounced around a little bit after yeah, that. Yeah, he became yeah. that guy. He became a journeyman. Hey, it, it, the drop-off at cornerback is precipitous, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, it true. is quick. True. You know, I mean, we've seen that a lot, but – um, you know, maybe in this system, depending on how they want to use him, um, he can be. Like I said, we, at this point, you're at the Argo principle. Yep. You're yep. going with the best bad idea. You're out of good ideas. Your good ideas were hopefully Kevin Kelvin Joseph would develop. That didn't happen. Nation Wright would develop. That no, didn't sir. happen. Trayvon Mullen. That's a liability. So at this point, you're just going with the best bad idea. And the best bad idea right now, maybe you know what? It's a Put kind of out a, there. a money ball situation. You throw out whoever, whoever corners having a good day that matches up really well with that receiver, whoever they're going to put out there. Or you go with Xavier Rhodes. I, I have no idea at this point who they're going to put out there. Yeah. I, I really don't. Yeah, I, he played 2013 20, 20, uh, and 19. He was with the Minnesota Vikings. 20, 21, 20 to 21, he was with the Indianapolis okay. Colts. And then 22, he was with the, um, the Buffalo Bills, and they ended up letting him go. And that's when the Cowboys picked him up before the calendar year changed to 23. Yeah. Yeah, um, so, yeah, he was, he, you know. I hope he can come in and do a job and be able to hold up just enough, do just enough to where Tom Brady gets a little bit frustrated. And maybe, because Deron Bland has been holding down the nickel spot, doing well, intercepting passes. You already got digs on the outside. If he could come in and give a little bit, little bit, I'm going to be excited about it. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree with you. Uh, and that's that's not the only good news, I think, for the Cowboys going to the postseason. Tyler Biotish is back practicing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan Hankins yep. is back practicing, and so is Leighton Vander Esch. You're getting a ton of reinforcements Everybody. back. Yeah, and I think just that group is going to help you in your your rush defense overall. Yeah. Um, I think it'll help your rush defense and your rush offense. I think it'll help both, your rushing offense and your rushing defense, which have been – they really both have been a, a liability for you, especially your rushing offense lately um, because the Cowboys, between Zeke and Tony Pollard, they're averaging around 2.9 yards per carry. I've talked about how that has a negative effect on your first down productivity, mm-hmm. and that's really put the Cowboys behind the chains a ton, put a ton of burden on Dak Prescott. So I think getting Tyler Biotis back, and even Steven Jones said this on 105 Through the Fan, he said it it'll really will help the running game. If it doesn't help the running game, you better have a plan Yeah, about what to do to supplement that lack of production in the running game. Well, you talked about it, and I've talked about it. That's the thing that kind of bugs me the most is you can't, you don't look the same uh, as you did earlier, whether it was because of Biotis or if it was because of Terrence Steele. 
being Terrence Steele not being there. I never thought I would. I never thought I would say I miss Anthony Brown. Yeah. I never thought I would miss. I never thought I would Me say right? I miss Terrence Steele. So that might be a combination of, of it. But the fact of the matter is, the Cowboys have big offensive linemen. Whether it's Jason Peters, uh, Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, and Zach Martin, you should be able to move defensive players. You should be able to because those are large human beings. I know the other team have large human beings too, but they, these are some all pros in there. They've had all pro history besides uh, my man Tyler Smith because he's new. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be there. He's done well. He's, he's done really I haven't been upset with yeah. the holding calls as much as really I thought well. I was going to. He's yeah. played well. But you have to be able to run the ball when you want to run the ball. That has been the biggest difference for the Cowboys. And I know he's saying that you think Tyler Biotish is going to be the answer, but you should have been able to do that with the, the names that I just gave you already. For the last couple of weeks, it has, it's been non-existent. And again, I don't know if that's the play calling, the scheme, or the fact that guys just were getting beat as bad as they were on the line of scrimmage. Well, the good news for that, and I agree with everything you said, uh, the good news uh, to kind of, uh, really oppose that point would be the Bucks are worse right now as a running team than the Cowboys. Yeah, the Bucks are the worst running team in the league. That being said, Leonard Fournette is good in the playoffs. Yes. Historically, he Leonard Fournette has scored in every playoff game that he's played with Tampa Bay, and he's only averaged under a hundred all-purpose yards once. And I agree with they. They're ranked dead last in rushing okay. attempts, yards, touchdowns, and yards per carry. And so, Rashad White is also there now too, so he's going. He's been really good. And we know yeah, Leonard know. Fournette tore him up in the beginning of the season. Just yep. saying, Leonard Fournette does well in the playoffs. He does well against the Cowboys. They call him what do they call him? Money Lenny or Lenny Lenny something during the playoffs? They call playoff. No, Lenny. you'll get it. I'm not saying you're not going to get a great effort, but I'm saying that's good news for the Cowboys. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. So I'm trying to win the rushing battle and control the line of scrimmage. You're not dealing with a team that has had a lot of uh, success on the ground this season. But yep. you're right. Uh, in the playoffs, in the playoffs, Tom Brady is clutch too. He's he's uh, undefeated versus the Cowboys. You're hoping those trends don't continue uh, yep. because this is Tom Brady's worst offense that he's ever quarterbacked in the NFL, and it's also the only time he's had a losing season. So some things are trending the other way. Yeah, no with doubt. This group. Well, do we break the streak this week? I know we. I know they don't play mm-hmm. until Monday, and we go. We're going to talk a lot about it going into the weekend and, and on Monday. Do they break the Tom Brady streak? Tom Brady seven and zero against the Cowboys in his career. Is this the la- the time? Hey, going off into pasture, man. Is this the time? Well, I don't think Tom Brady's going to retire, even if they beat. I'm talking about the, it the going Bucks. away. Uh, I think I think the you Cowboys gone fishing. Win. Gone fishing. Nah, I think they're going to win. Okay. I think the Cowboys are going to win. I know I really you've been do. saying it. You've been saying it. You got me. You got the me Cowboys, thinking. Uh, first of all, you're going to get Leighton Vander Esch back, and you're going to get Jonathan Hankins back. Talked about Jonathan Hankins' uh, ability to be a run stopper. You're holding teams to 3.6 yards per rush when he's in there. They're averaging 4.5 yards per rush when he's not in there. You're going to get him back. He's healthy. Leighton Vander Esch, we talked about him. Yeah, rushing success rate when Leighton Vander Esch is in there. Uh, you're a second-best rushing success rate uh, defense in the NFL. When he's not, you drop to 32nd in the NFL. It, it, you're getting both of your best run defend, arguably your two best run defenders back, 
and you're going up against a really weak rushing offense. I think that favors the Cowboys. The offensive line has been really banged up for the Bucks. unfortunately for Tom Brady. You're going up against a team that leads the NFL in pressure rate, the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. do, and the Tampa Bay Bucks lead the NFL in pressure rate allowed, in sack rate allowed, actually, excuse me, in 2.93. And the Cowboys uh, right now uh, at 9.82 in sack rate. That's second in the NFL. Cowboys rush the quarterback really well. Yep. They don't protect the quarterback really well. The, the the Cowboys are getting back their best rush defenders, and they don't really have a great rush defense. Now, they don't care because they'll just go with a one-dimensional right. offense <laughs> right. and just give it to Tom Brady and say, Tom Brady, go win the game. That also helps the Cowboys who can just pin their ears back on a one-dimensional team. They'll get the ball out quick. That's why that corner opposite Trevon Diggs will, and how the Cowboys handle it is going to be huge. Right. Right. You know what I don't know what the plan is, but it's going to be big. Well, Whatever they decide to do, they better make sure that they have contingency plan on top of contingency plan. Yeah, and, and, and if the fact that Xavier Rhodes is showing that and it's not just hyperbole where he's out there just saying it because he's all excited, I, I, I hope he can do that. I hope that opposite corner goes out there and balls out. That's most important to me. But on the offensive side now, of the ball. That's a different discussion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel really good about that matchup. And I don't know why I'm talking about Tom Brady. That's different. I, mean, I, should, I shouldn't sure feel great is. about exactly. going against Tom Brady. But exactly. I, don't, I, don't, I just don't know what Dak I'm going to get. That's all. That's, and that is the biggest question. But, again, it goes back to what we were talking about and we've continued to talk about. Game planning for Dak Prescott or being the offensive coordinator, is the running game, play action, and getting him out of the pocket. Not five-step to seven-step drops. Quick game, quick game, quick game. Get the ball out of his hands and let him or make him understand. This this will change your legacy right now. It, it, and people, I understand it's just one mm-hmm. game. You're playing a battered Tampa Bay Bucks. But if he loses that game, what is going to be the text line on Monday? But if he beats him, oh, he was supposed to beat him. He was supposed to beat him. Yeah. No, he wasn't. It's Tom Brady. He's got to slay the goat. It is Tom Brady. You got to beat the goat to go to the next level. That is how it always happened. And what better way than to do it on their home field? Yeah. In a Monday night primetime game. Tom Brady has been a playoff underdog um, since 2019. He's been a playoff underdog four times, and he's 4-0 straight up. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, man. 4-0 against this red. Yeah, no, he's, yeah. it's Tom Brady. Yeah. He's, he's got nobody he's, – he's, nobody's had more of the clutch gene in the history of the game than Tom Brady. I and, think he created it. <laughs> and the playoffs are clutch time. Yes. And Tom Brady is, is about as clutch as it gets, so you know you're going to get a a hell of a fight if you're trying to take him out. No doubt. And and he's got a lot of pride, too, in his first losing season. And oh. it, it, since he's been a starter in high school. Yes. You got to go back to middle school before you find Tom Brady – with a losing season before this one. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I, I don't know. And he's how, an underdog. And he's an underdog. And, it, and I got this. Yeah. Most playoff wins as an underdog for starting QBs since 1966. Jim Plunkett, five times. Joe Flacco, yeah. six times. I remember that run. Yeah, six mm-hmm. times as an underdog. I remember that run. Eli Manning, 
seven times yeah, as an underdog. Because he was a wild. They came. They would do his wild cards every time. Remember, they were wild cards. And Tom Brady seven times as an underdog. Oh, by the way, they're two and a half point underdog. Ay ay ay. Yeah. Ay ay ay. And I went. I found something too that was interesting, and I don't know why this is the case. So Tom Brady, they got a you know they got a losing record. So you know they. They're going to host a playoff game, though. With yep, the, with, with the losing, losing record. record. Yep. Uh, teams without a winning record to host a playoff game. 2008 Chargers. They beat the Colts in overtime. 2010 Seahawks. Yep. The Beastquake beat the Saints. Ooh, the Beastquake. Right? 2011 Broncos beat the Steelers in overtime. Tebow. Right? No oh, Tebow? the one across the middle. And that, that, that pass. <laughs> 2014 uh. Panthers. Beat the Cardinals, mm. and a 2020 uh, Washington football team they lost to the Bucks on Bucks on their way yeah. to the title. Yep. That's the only one to lose of the recent examples of a home, a home, a team without a winning record basically to host a playoff game. Right? Yeah, that's something to be. It's to, weird. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what that is. That's a weird trend. And I want to go back that's to strange. Tom Brady real quick because you know it hadn't been his best year. There's been a lot of things that weren't successful for him, but on the next-gen stats, when he's throwing within 2.5, remember we were talking about quick game, quick game, quick game. If Tom Brady can get the ball out of his hands within 2.5 seconds, he's third in the NFL with passing TDs, he's fourth in completion percentage, and he's ninth in QBR when he can get the ball out of his hands in two and a half seconds. Now, how do we get that? How do we get pressure on him that fast. He doesn't he doesn't we don't we haven't blitzed a lot. The Cowboys don't normally blitz. The Cowboys do not blitz a lot. They rely on stunts exactly. and twists, a lot of upfront games. But in the playoffs teams break tendency and that's what great coaches do. So <laughs> Be a great time well, to break he, tendency for the Cowboys. He may not break tendency because he's over there doing all these interviews. He's worried about his interviews. No, I mean, no, no, I'm just. Kidding. I mean, Dan Quinn will have the guys <laughs> ready to go. I'm not really worried about actually the defense matching up against their offense because I, I think they everybody knows how they're going to beat the Cowboys. They're going to beat yep. the Cowboys throwing the football. If they do, if if playoff Lenny, as Patrick brought up, shows up and starts to run the ball down the Cowboys' throat, then you got real issues because. Yep. Tampa Bay shouldn't be a balanced, uh, two di- multi-dimensional attack. Yep, they should be able to beat the Cowboys. It should be one way, and it should be essentially throwing the football and, like you said, getting the ball out. Yep. Quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game. That's what they should be able to do. If they're if they're they're beating the Cowboys any other way, uh, then the Cowboys just didn't come ready to play. Correct. Because, like I said, this is the worst rushing offense in the NFL, and you're getting back your two best run defenders. And that really, to me, matchup wise, that favors the Cowboys. But I am worried about that corner opposite yeah. Southern <laughs> which I think we all are. Yeah. Uh, the and that's what they've been talking about at practice the whole time. Tom Brady was like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna move you over here. I'm gonna move you over here. Oh yeah. We're gonna wherever Diggs is. I'm gonna throw at him a couple times, but I'm coming at that other wide receiver. I mean, that other DB. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm sure you'll get a lot of unbalanced formations mm. and. Uh, Trevon Diggs will get a lot of decoys. Yep. And they'll go at Trevon Diggs, too. Yep, yep. Um, but right now I'm with you. I think they got an e- easier uh, approach and an easier uh, vulnerability to attack with that other corner opposite Trevon Diggs. And if if the way to kind of combat what you were talking about, them getting the ball out quick, 
the way to combat the quick game is play bump and run coverage yep, on the outside, reroute them, and, yep. and mess up the timing and execution. I don't know if you want to do that if you're not confident in your other corner. Mm. Um, so that probably is going to leave that open, too, so you really can't counter it. All right, uh, the uh, the offense for uh, the Cowboys going up against the defense for the Bucks. One thing I saw that worries me just a little bit, the Bucks were really good at getting teams off the field, three and outs. Mm-hmm. Uh, nearly 40% of opposing drives against the Bucks were three and outs. Um, that was the second best rate in the NFL, 39.6 actually. Cowboys had a problem with that versus Washington. They couldn't keep any drives going. If you see a lot of three and outs early, also a problem. Cause that's what Tampa Bay does really well. Um, and that's something the Cowboys struggled with versus Washington. They got to be able to keep some long drives together, give their defense a little bit of a rest. That wears out their defense too. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a concern for the Cowboys, playing complimentary football. That's what has been the biggest issue here in the last couple of weeks, and especially in the last game when you were talking about playing complimentary football. Special teams was awful. Defense was awful, and the offense regressed mightily. Mm. When you go and play against a team and you only score six points because you didn't make the extra point, I mean, you could have at least got seven. You could have at least got seven. So that is something that is, as a a Dallas Cowboy fan, you hope that that was a one-off as you get ready to walk back into this other situation. But, man, this is is an opportunity. My question for you, looking Mm. at this game, you, I know you believe that the Cowboys win the game, but if the Cowboys were to lose, how many changes do you see happening within the organization? That's a good question. Jerry's, I, I do because he's going to be pissed. Yeah, he was, you upset. Know? he was upset last year. Yes, uh, when the Cowboys a lot of disdain were bounced prematurely from the playoffs. Um, uh, that's well, a good question. I don't know. Let's, if Dan let's also not forget leave. that's like Dan Quinn can leave, yeah. Kellen Moore can leave. You may not even be able to make decisions. Yeah, on who you're keeping. Oh, because you, everybody like, might be do gone. Do you keep Mike McCarthy if Dan yeah. Quinn and Kellen Moore leave? Like, yeah. I, I mean, even if he's like, I'm sticking with Mike McCarthy. Are you really like, hey, Mike, you've you've not won a playoff game two years in a row, and I'm going to let you hire a new OC and DC? Jerry says yeah. that Mike McCarthy's job is not in jeopardy, no matter what the outcome. Jerry of the says a lot of things. He's hinting at that. Yeah. No, he's, he says it, but Jerry yeah. says a lot of things. <laughs> That's true. We also yeah. know Frank Reich wasn't getting fired before he got fired. Everyone says they're not getting fired until they get fired, except for the Texans, who told Lovey Smith they were going to fire him, and then he cost him the number one pick. Only way you can fire Mike McCarthy is if you can guarantee an upgrade. The only guaranteed upgrade is Sean Payton. Yeah, I agree. And I don't know if Sean Payton necessarily is going to the Cowboys. I don't, right. He's going he's gonna to have his pick of at least four Oh, no, I, I agree. I'm just saying – it, there is something to be said if you if you lose Dan Quinn and you yep. lose, especially if you lose Kellen Moore too, because now you're like we have to completely rebuild our offensive mm-hmm. and defense identity. Are you trusting a guy that it probably is pretty on the hot seat to do that? That's a great question, and I know people don't like Kellen Moore, but Kellen Moore and Dak are close, like very close. Well, they, then Dak should be in there being the homie and saying, "Can I get some dog on motion and play action?" No, they are. I mean, they, I understand. Yeah, they're really close. I mean, so I, th- that would be a challenge too. Getting another OC that is that compatible uh, with Dak Prescott. I don't think Dak is in a position. Well, financially he is, but I don't think Dak is in a position to where he can be requesting certain things. I know we got to bring him in for the conversation, but Dak, come on, man, you 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 failed the last. You thrown the most interceptions than you've ever thrown. 
And then is it because you're not what, – what is the focus level here? Why is Kellen Moore not helping him get focused if they're tight? Yeah. I need some tightness. He just wants to be like Matt Stafford and go win a Super Bowl. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. don't know if that's happening either. <laughs> no, I I'm with it. you. I, I, I think Kellen Moore right now needs to try to focus on getting Dak back to having being a high-reward, high low-risk quarterback. Right yeah. now he's a really high-risk, high-reward quarterback. I mean, those all those three – those pick sixes have come – like recently, yeah, yeah. Like he did, he was throwing a lot of picks, but then now he's throwing pick sixes. Since which I think the three pick sixes which leads the NFL have all come since week fifteen. Yeah, and like it's like he so he's trend. He's getting even the 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 risk is still really high, but now the losses like the actual yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean like you're starting to to actually have these detrimental losses as a result of the high risk. Throws that he's making. Pops tripping. That's yeah. what it is. Pops is um, tripping. It's you like got, both hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got uh, Chill coming on. That's now. right. Let's talk we, about the Cowboys. We got Clarence Hill coming on right now to continue this conversation because I'm sure he has a lot of questions and hopefully he has the answers that we are about to ask him. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of y'all, I'm gonna speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a new theme Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy Hardball Harge. You can follow me on Twitter at Hardball Harge. You can follow my man Rob Babers at Rob Babers. And you can follow the man behind the glass at It's Patrick Davis. We also love it when you're a part of the show. Hit us up on the Specs text line 512-337-3776. And joining us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline is my man Clarence Hill, who is part of the Fort Worth Star Telegram. He's been covering the Cowboys since 1997, and he's also battle-tested, as his header says. He's been seven coaches, three playoff wins, <laughs> scandals. He's done it all. What's up, Chill? How you doing, brother? What's up, fellas? How y'all doing today? Doing great, man. Good, Thanks good. As us. always, glad to always have you on, man. Yeah. Especially at this time of year, because oh, yeah. it is money time for the Dallas Cowboys. Put up or shut up, and what better way to shut some people up than going into Tampa and taking down the goat, Clarence? We've been fighting this for a while. I've been I've been a Dak apologist for such a long <laughs> time. I've been battling Rod with Kellen Moore, trying to figure out what's going to happen. Is there any hope? For this Monday night game against the Cal- against Tampa Bay, of course there's hope. Tampa Bay's a bad team. Okay, mm-hmm. this is not a good. They're eight and nine for a reason. Okay, Tom Brady. Is not- Clarence, sitting open victory out. When the Cowboys have been at their best this year, their best is clearly cleared. Tampa Bay's best, and this is also not a healthy Tampa Bay team. 
coming into this game. They got more injuries than the Cowboys, and, and certainly they were out their best pass rush than Shaq Barrett. The problem is, is that you can't trust the Cowboys. As we saw last week against Washington, you know, this is probably, I would say, the most questioned and mistrusted and scrutinized and unbelieved 12-win team in NFL history. That is... A team that's supposed to be tender. Nobody trusts because you don't know what you're going to get. And yet, part of that is Dak Prescott. He had his worst game against Washington. Part of it is the history of the Cowboys. Is, you know, like I said, I've been on the beat. Three playoff wins. You know, they, they've done nothing. They've not sort of, they cowboyed up in the playoffs. Going back, I think the, the biggest disappointment was 2007. They 13-3, and Tony Romo goes to Cabo, and, and, and they let the uh, New York Giants steal their cornbread. <laughs> you right about that. You right about that. Hey, uh, yeah, Jay, I want to ask you something. Uh, getting more specific, man, about the personnel, the cornerback spot opposite Trevon Diggs. It's been an issue for the Cowboys. It seems like you know ever since Anthony Brown went down, and they've had some injuries in the secondary. Jordan Lewis too. So a lot of their uh, top corner, top corners, and top uh, cover guys have been out. They brought in some reinforcements. Uh, most recently, Xavier uh, Xavier Rhodes. They brought him in. Uh, what are your thoughts about what the uh, the plan is, the contingency plan for the Cowboys at that cornerback spot opposite Trevon Diggs? Pray, pray, pray. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, hope you get there. Hope you get home because that's a weak spot. That's a trouble spot. That's an issue. Uh, Nation Wright is probably going to be the guy, if not Deron Bland, who's actually taking over the slot. Depending on how healthy he is, you're going to alternate those guys. You brought in Xavier Rose because at least he's driven the car before. He's a veteran, 10 year veteran, three time pro bowler, but he played two games this season. He's not. You know, in elite corner anymore. But at least he has seen coverages. At least, you know, he won't be surprised by things in the game. And, and so you're going to try to use him, but you can't put him out there for six now. You know, just showing up last week and really not really playing much all season. Um, they're going to do a rotation. They're going to try to match, you know, obviously you're going to, you're going to double on the outside and, and give them help how best you can. But the hope is you got to get to the quarterback. you got to stop the run and, and, and somehow get Brady on the ground because – you know, it's funny because everybody, most people criticized Anthony Brown, did not respect Anthony Brown, you know, thought he was a weak link. Certainly the Cowboys tried to replace him when they signed uh, Kelvin Joseph, and everybody missing Anthony Brown. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because we've been talking about it the whole time. And I I actually said this today. I didn't think I was going to be missing and longing for Mm -hmm. Anthony Brown. And then on the offensive line, I didn't know how valuable Terrence Hill, I mean, Terrence uh, Steele has been for them with all the changes that have been going on. Mm -hmm. So when going back to the offensive side of the ball, the Cowboys haven't been able to run the ball. And one of my biggest beefs right now is the fact that they haven't been using the play action. They haven't been using motion to get Dak in a rhythm, and they haven't been letting him throw the ball quick. So who is to blame for this? Obviously, Kellen Moore has a lot to do with it, but Dak can go in there and he gets to see the game plan. How is he not speaking up in this situation? They also, the offense line has been horrible. I mean, you brought up Terrence Steele, but, you know, when – who thought they were going to miss Tyler Beattis as well? I mean, and you know, he's another guy who's been a whipping boy for most people because he's not a great center. 
but he's certainly better than what they've gotten from Connor McGovern. And 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 Tyre Smith, his best days behind him. I mean, he has been a weak link out there. You know, you think, okay, you lose Terrence Hill, you got Tyre Smith coming out there, eight-time Pro Bowl, he's going to be able to come up and put Tyre Smith next to Zach Martin. Man, this running game really take off. They've been awful together. And Tyre Smith is not blocked well in the run game. and has been a little bit in the passing game, but he doesn't move well. You know, it, it's been a problem. And I think that, that affects the players you can call. You can kick Kellen Moore's butt all you want to, but it affects the plays you call. It affects the decisions Zach makes. He, I think he's seeing things. And it, it, you know, he's, you know, I think there's protection. He's getting out of there because he doesn't trust the pass rush. And when they had it going early in the season, it was because the running game was going good. And they had a lot of third and short, third and makeables. They, they haven't seen that the last couple of weeks because they're not getting anything done on the ground. Uh, this game, you know, you may see a totally different game. Clarence? Oh, it sounds like we lost them right there. Because that sounds like that one. Dro- and get that some easy completions. Can you hear me? Yo, yeah, no, you, you, you dropped off for about – Five seconds where you were really cooking right I'm sorry, there. I'm driving. Can y'all hear me? I'm sorry. Yeah, we got, we you, got now. you now. We got you now. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I think yeah, I think they're gonna use a quick passing game to uh, get in some easy completions and get the ball out quick. You know, but but that's part of it. I think that the the problems up front are affecting play calls. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that, too. Uh, speaking of uh, uh, up front, the problem uh, with the Cowboys on the rush defense is they've had some injuries with the front. Uh, they're getting back Leighton Vander Esch. They're getting back Jonathan Hankins. Uh, what are your thoughts about how that's going to impact the Cowboys up front defensively, just getting back two of your better run stoppers, your better run defenders? Yeah, it's going to help. You know, again, Tampa Bay has a 30-second run off the league. I mean, Leonard Fournette is, you know, he ain't gonna run away from you, and, and, and so, but yeah, it, it's gonna help getting Hankins back, you know, getting uh, Leighton Vanderich back, help with the communication. I think it's been part of it. Not having Leighton help get guys lined up and with the communication as well. Uh, but yeah, those guys will be back. They practice full today, and and they should be good to go. But you know, it's gonna be better than what it's been. But even with those guys, the run defense has been an issue all season. You know, and, and so it's not like Hankins is B to B. But he's definitely better than what the Cowboys have been playing with um, the past couple of weeks. But they, you know, I think the the real issue is is, is certainly stopping Tom Brady and, and and Mike Evans on the outside. And we've been trying to figure out how we're going to do that with the defensive backs, and mm-hmm. and that is going to be something that we're going to have to play, pay attention to. What are your expectations I, before? I, Go ahead. I'm gonna put digs on him. I, I'm gonna put digs on Evans. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you know, take my chance that Julio Jones ain't running by you. You know, he might catch a slap, but he shouldn't be running by you at this point in his career. But, but uh, I will put Diggs on him. So before we let you go, let me ask you this. Is Micah Parsons going to be able to get home? Is he is he going to be back to that motivated Micah? And did he have a cut on his hand? Is that why he was wearing the club? Yeah, he had some kind of laceration on his hand and – they would not tell us how it happened, so it happened. It was clearly had to be some crazy stuff off the field that happened, didn't happen at the facility. But yeah, but the hand is fine. Uh, Micah, you know, I think I was talking about to somebody about this today, and, and everybody is kicking Micah's butt like he's falling off. And he still had 13 ass sacks. You know, we he's probably a victim of his own success, and we thought that he was open 13 to 20 and, and all this other stuff, but. Certainly, they're chipping in more. They're giving way more attention. He's still 
If you look at his numbers, number one league and pass rush win rate, even more so than, than, than Nick and Joey Bosa. You know, you know they played some mobile quarterbacks that have gotten away from sacks. You've got other guys that are getting sacks. You know, there are a number of different guys getting sacks compared to last year. Uh, but, you know, Micah's ready to go. I mean, you saw him and even in the Washington game. The, the, the speed, the relentlessness is still there. Uh, the, the issue with, with Tom Brady getting, getting, getting home is that he gets the ball out so quick. But if they get cover, Michael will get home. And he's had two sacks against Tom Brady in the season opener. Uh, I think he has a chance to do that again. And the good news is, again, I know it's kind of blasphemous, but I think they'd rather face Tom Brady than a mobile quarterback because those mm. mobile quarterbacks – you know, have been able to get out of and, and break the Russian lanes, get out of there. Tom Brady's going to be where he's going to be. And when they win, they're going to get home. Yep. They just got to win. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Chill, as always, man, I know you're on the move and, and things are happening fast. We'll definitely recap what happens next week as the, as the Cowboys travel to Tampa to try to slay the GOAT. We're going to try to slay that okay, GOAT. I got one quick question, both of y'all. Were y'all in the building at Moody last night? How was that atmosphere? Uh, I, I love their, their really look great on TV. I love, you know, you just see no empty seats like you've seen in past years. That looked like a great atmosphere. And a great comeback. Our man Patrick yeah. is a—he's uh, the producer for the basketball yeah. games. He's got a—he has a front row seat. That's right. I will definitely be there this <laughs> this weekend against Texas Tech. But Patrick, let him know what it was. Man, it was—it was electric. We could tell. I mean, from the beginning of the game, from tip off to through one of the worst first halves I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that crowd stuck with it, and by the end of the game, everybody was going nuts. Everyone's high-fiving. The only person sitting down in that arena was a kid with a broken leg. It's the only pit I saw sitting down the entire game. <laughs> right, right, right. Outstanding. Awesome, man. I hope you get up to a game, man. All right, All right. my man. Hey, thanks, There Jim. he is, Clarence Hill of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. My man's been doing it for a long time. Hopefully he'll get to see four playoff wins. Maybe four playoff wins. Uh, what's the last time they had a road playoff win? Yeah, oh, man. So there we go. Yeah. Right? No, no. With the blues. With the I think they got to get I think they'll get the first uh, love it. Uh, the road playoff win in, since the early 90s. I think the Cowboys are going to get it. I'm picking the Cowboys. I love it. Um, I feel more confident about it, actually, too. I think the Cowboys actually don't have as many flaws as the Bucks do. The Bucks are oh, they're a, they're a, they're a heavily flawed team. They do have the GOAT, though. Yeah, they do. They got the GOAT. Yeah. And when they got the GOAT, hey, man, anything could happen. Um, but I'm going to put, put faith in the Cowboys, which no Cowboys fans are willing to do. Come on, man. But I'm we, not a Cowboys we, we fan. You're not. So, so we it's love easier it when you do for it me for you. to put faith in the Cowboys yeah. than it is for y'all. I get that. Appreciate that. Yeah, I have no faith in my team. So <laughs> I have no faith in the Texans. And none of y'all do either, hey, actually. But Nobody it is what it is, man. We appreciate the yeah, love. Yeah, I think uh, Jack Easterby was the last one to have faith <laughs> in the Texans. We saw how that worked out. Yeah. All right, we come back. Uh, we got off the record on the other side. Uh, we'll get into it. some Dion sound that is hilarious. But uh, we'll also get to the Pro Bowl uh, now activities, I should say, because there is no more Pro Bowl game. They don't actually play a Pro Bowl game anymore. They just have a, a series of activities and a skills competition of sorts. We'll give you all of those and talk about what has become of the NFL Pro Bowl. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. D.D. 
Magadoodoo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get the brain the income. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in the sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live! I can I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to another edition of Off the Record right here on Ball Don't Lie. And I want to get to the NFL's announcement of their skills competition uh, in lieu of the 2020 Pro Bowl game. So uh, basically, NFL has announced its skills competition for the 2023 Pro Bowl per the league taking place over two days in Vegas. The skills challenge is going to be broadcast on ESPN, so you'll be able to see it. And it's going to be a made-for-TV event. And the AFC team is going to be led by Peyton Manning. It's going to be the AFC head coach and Ray Lewis, the AFC defensive coordinator, that kind of stuff. So they'll have some fun with it. Um, But they have this uh, skills competition now uh, that they're going to have for the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl dodgeball game, they're going to have two. Multi-round tournament for a classic dodgeball game. Four teams of five players that begins offenses and defenses from both conferences. All right, Patrick. Do you, first of all, did you watch the Pro Bowl at all? I hadn't watched the Pro Bowl in years, I'll admit. I, I stopped watching the Pro Bowl probably like a decade ago. The last Pro Bowl I remember seeing was I went to a bar, and it was on, and it was the day Kobe died. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I remember it was on because they're showing the Pro Bowl and they're breaking in with that. That was like right before COVID hit. Yeah. So it, that yeah. was the last one I remember that I was like, I just remember it because of that. But yeah. it was it was just on at a bar I was at was I, the reason. I, was I, know, I know that was right before COVID because I remember I was out too when the when the Kobe news hit. I yeah. think me and my wife were out. Oh, man. We were out doing – I was kind of just hanging out, eating lunch yeah. or something. And, yeah, the Kobe news broke. And I was like – are you joking? I was like, that's a prank. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, it was not a prank, unfortunately. But, yes, that was the last Pro yeah. Bowl that I remember. And that was only because I was out and it was on the TV where I was at. But it was not saying – like, I, it's not appointment viewing and it's not been – Oh, it, it has not been for like, years. I, I feel like it's one of those things that I before, like, it comes on and then you, like, you remember that it's on. And it's like – and then you flip it over and then you're like, oh, yeah, that's why I didn't care. And you flip it back off. It's It's a great background – yeah. That kind of a background event. Yeah. I don't think anybody pays attention to the Pro Bowl you anymore. You can't. It's too hard. Uh, yeah. No, I agree with that. I think that NFL knows that, so they're trying to uh, you know, kind of mix I, it up. I will uh, say, I did watch the, the skills thing they did last year. Did you enjoy that? I watched that. that. I recorded that. But it was like an hour. Oh, that's it. That's all you got? It was like an hour. They kind of cut the stuff together, but that was when uh, Micah Parsons beat Tyreek Hill in the race. But it was like Micah Parsons with no shirt on and Tyree Killing jeans. I remember this. Yes. But they, they had that. And uh, Russell Wilson won the the throwing because he was the only one who could throw anything. So it was yes. windy. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Trayvon Diggs, I think, won the, the cool catch competition. See, yeah, and they're bringing that back. So, yeah, basically, I guess your complaint, maybe a lot of people had it because they're going to make this one a longer competition. Like, yeah. Instead of just that hour, you're going to get – uh, basically Thursday through Sunday, different events on ESPN. 
So yeah, so you'll get you'll get uh, like I have flag football games one day, and then you have different things happening. They'll continue these competition these skills competitions through Sunday. So I think your complaint was probably more of one of the more widespread complaints. Like, hey man, give me a little bit more of it. Yeah, you're like, so, I get this. This is more entertaining than the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl, yeah. Because you and like the weird things is, and I don't think the dodgeball one's gonna be not good. Like that's gonna end poorly, just because you can't put uber competitive people in a place. I and think they they've have done them throwing that before, though. They've yeah, just, I think they've done it with retired players, though. Uh, yeah, it was something weird they I did. Know. I, I, the, I don't mind the pro. I, I, I don't I mind it. it. I'm just saying, you like, somebody might get hurt. I'm saying someone might get hurt. I'm okay. saying they might have a friendly fight. <laughs> I, I bet they'll have like a surface, a very padded surface, where when they fall, yeah, like, it's yeah, cushioned yeah. a little yeah, bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they'll, because I think they're thinking like they'll probably have padded walls and padded <laughs> floor. Everything will be padded for the guys when they play. Because the you're right, that could get. I could see that getting competitive. Guys throwing themselves and trying to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uber competitive people. Yeah. Great point. They're also going to have a lightning round splash catch, basically water balloons. Uh, they're going to use, and you got to catch the water balloons without them popping. Um, and they'll pick teams to basically do that. They'll attempt to catch punts from a jugs machine, uh, and I believe that jugs machine is going to shoot out water balloons. That's going to be difficult. <laughs> so that'll be part of the competition. They'll have the longest drive where you actually are just taking a, a, a driver on a golf range and trying to drive it off the tee. Longest drive. They'll just have that. Those are fun. Those were fun to do with golfers back in yeah, the day. Yeah, that's, that's fun for you. Get someone to do that. The happy. The happy Gilmore. People like that. Even when that's one of those things where you don't even have to like golf at all, and you will try it yourself, and you can watch people do it all day. Just just driving. Well, off yeah, the and then, and you get these Longest players. Drive. You get to see some trash talking in between. Yeah. No. No. Nice. I'm with you on that. I, I don't mind that at all. That's just uh, it, as long as you, right. As long as the guys know that. Hey, man, you got to make it entertaining too. You can't just be going. You know, like, taking turns. Driving I think that's why you, you get like a Peyton Manning yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got somebody with a bad swing. That's somebody who's out there who's just bad. You yeah, know, whatever that's why if you get the right yeah. people out there, like Peyton Manning's a good one who knows how to be like, let's keep it light. But and they got him out. They got him yeah. participating in it too. Uh, they got a precision passing event where each of the conference's three quarterbacks will battle it out in a one minute accuracy competition as they attempt to accumulate points and that kind of stuff. They'll do best catch. Uh, how we used to do back in the day when you had the Nerf football and you were just kind of throwing it up to your boy and trying to make crazy weird catches like a straight-up like dunk competition style. They're going to have that. Um, they don't have the best catch finale. They'll have a gridiron gauntlet, which is um, kind of a side-by-side relay race where they're going to be going through different uh, skills and uh, different things and have an obstacle course-like um, uh, activity. So you'll have that. you have... I have no idea what kick-tack-toe is. Each team's kicker, punter, and long snapper compete in a giant tic-tac-toe competition to showcase their respective skills. They're going to have a move-the-chains competition. they got I, a ton of stuff. The kick-tack-toe I think I've seen on like uh, like Instagram or something where it's like you put a tic-tac-toe up there and you have to kick the ball to pop like a balloon. And if you get that one, then that's your X. And then the other person. But you have to – so you're playing tic-tac-toe, but you also have to be accurate with your kicks. Okay, yeah. I mean, they got enough stuff for you. Like I said, it'll be Thursday through Sunday. And I get it. The NFL basically watched the Pro Bowl ratings drop year by year and thought to themselves, uh, why wait until nobody's watching the Pro Bowl? They still got ratings enough to be able to pull it off and justify it. But the NFL's model has always been, if it ain't broke, fix it anyway. So they're always going to tinker with something to try to make it a little bit better. 
and their Pro Bowl was one of the, it's supposed to be one of their marquee events, and it was one of their least watched and one of their least interesting events. So they decided, you know what? Let's just see if people maybe we can. And this is what they're really trying to do too. And they think they're slick, but they're brilliant too. This is their way, basically, of this is their candy cigarette too. The candy cigarettes for the kids that you don't find anymore because they were influencing young people to go smoke. We always walk around with the candy cigarettes in our mouths. Yeah. Thought we were cool. Uh, this is their introduction to try to introduce the game to kids. They want to keep it kid friendly. So you'll hang around with your kids and watch the Pro Bowl competition, the skills competition, and it's a lot of the same damn games that kids played. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like and that. And that's exactly what. And it's brilliant. It's a brilliant strategy by the NFL considering. A lot of soccer moms are looking at the game saying, I don't want my kids playing that game. And they need the kids to try to override moms who want to look after the safety of their kids. That's part of it, too. And other part is, you know, some things are just more of a burden than a benefit for companies and for organizations. And the Pro Bowl honestly became more of a burden than a benefit for the NFL. Because of safety reasons, nobody's really watching it. It was more of a burden than the play. Remember, players kept uh, deciding that they would, you know, they they basically would uh, get out of the Pro Bowl. They decided they didn't want to accept the invitation to the Pro Bowl. Even players didn't well, want to go to the Pro Bowl anymore. And then when they moved it from Hawaii, and then I was like, well, you want me to go to like Florida? Yeah, exactly. You want me to go to Florida? <laughs> you want me to go to Phoenix? Like the, <laughs> the thing was, I used to get a paid trip to Hawaii, and I'd go there with my girl, and we'd have good times. Yep. But now you want me to go to to Atlanta? It's a great point. Yeah. Why am I going to Atlanta to get hurt? And that, that's another thing, too. And players don't want to do I do a bunch of hurt. interviews with people who don't know who I am. Yeah. Great. Fun. <laughs> so that's what the Pro Bowl became. It's basically what the uh, pay phones, pennies, and printed porn. Or the yellow pages. More of a burden than a benefit, really. Uh, so I think that's why he decided to move on. All right, we come back. We'll move on, too. We'll go to Texas men's basketball. Big win over TCU. Historic comeback over TCU. We'll come back and discuss it. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful down the horn.